right. Tom McDonough, uh, thanks for joining us today. Sure, Johan, thanks for inviting me. Um, I'm Tom McDonough, and two years ago, I saw with the um, parents waking up to what their kids were learning in school, I saw the tectonic plates shifting and that the family would return to center stage in our political debates. And so I started American Family Project. And there are a number of other not-for-profits out there supporting the family, defending the family in the ways, in particular ways. So I was looking for some way to be uh, distinctive and to do something uh, unique. So we discovered that there is there has been no scorecard of pro-family, anti-family scorecard by anyone. So um, that's what we did. We started off with a uh, scorecard, which came out in uh, uh, July of last year. Our la the last vote that we scored on in our first scorecard was the Respect for Marriage Act or the Disrespect for Marriage Act. And you, you know, we, we found that um, a number of members of that. Now, these are, these are how these, we score on votes taken in the House of Representatives. So there were many, uh, or too many, members of the House who should be identified with the family who voted for the Disrespect for Marriage Act. See, you know, demonstrating that they have no uh, basis for speaking about the family. They, and a lot of the pundits were coming out at that time saying that you know, Republicans uh, don't know how to speak about the family. They've been talking foreign policy and defense and, and uh, taxes and things like this for so many years. Um, small government, but without any idea of what they're really talking about. Um, and, and so they, they found themselves unable to defend the family. So uh, that was something that was particularly on my mind as I went and gave, well, we had 15 members of the House who got 100% on our first, uh, our first scorecard. So we uh, composed these little certificates of appreciation. Uh, and I went around and gave those out to the, to the congressional offices that had gotten 100%. Unfortunately, that was September and October, and all the, the members themselves were out running for re-election. So I was able to speak to their speak to their uh, staffs, and I was recommending at that time something I originally thought was completely absurd, or, or that was that I was completely unqualified to recommend was a that Congress have a family caucus, but I was buoyed by the reaction of all of these 15 staffs that that would be a great idea. Unfortunately, when I handed, after I had handed out my 15th certificate, I realized that staffers really don't take the initiative and that this idea of family caucus may not come to fruition. Luckily, 
there was a that we have a former member of Congress on our board of advisors. And I went to him and he made a phone call to one of our hundred percenters. And sure enough, uh, Mary Miller of Illinois thought that was a great idea. And she moved the ball ahead. And in March of this year, the Congressional Family Caucus was formed. And so I, I uh, American Family Project continues as a consultant and uh, friend of the, of the caucus. The other, the other thing that, um, going back to the Disrespect for Marriage Act, the, uh, those who were, those who cannot, who demonstrated they couldn't defend the family stuck in my head. And I organized a series of lectures on the, the family, uh, the constitution of the family, specifically for staffers. Um, and we're just about finished that. We've had Hadley Arcus talking about natural law. We've had um, Dr. Philip Hamburger, Professor Philip Hamburger from the Columbia Law School talking about using the First Amendment uh, to defeat this, um, uh, this uh, power of the public schools to, to be talking against the family, against family values in, in the first and second grades. Um, and, uh, and so this has been a, a, a big help. And we've got some plans for uh, further, further seminars on, on specific things where that legislation can actually uh, help the family. Uh, we're also, you know, after, after the elections of 2024, part of our, our strategic plan is to begin to recommend family caucuses in the various state legislatures um, where really the, if they can have most effect at the federal level, you know, you're talking about funding, you're talking about uh, turning back some of the administrative state, but at the state level, a lot more can be done in education and health and just the general respect for the family. So we're looking forward to being able to do that. Right now we've, we're uh, trying to get, uh, people grounded in the, in the uh, more of a foundation in the, in the family and uh, how that, how it corresponds to the, to the Constitution because the Constitution, the family is not mentioned in the Constitution. And so we need to identify the foundations of the Constitution um, where the family is, is, uh, really the foundation of, of much of what goes on in the, in the Constitution. Great. Hey, I'd be curious to hear how you practically started this, uh, in, in order, how did you get in the door with these different congressmen? Uh, did you, do you have uh, other people in your leadership team? How'd you connect with them? Well, there's, uh, 
of course, we have a, a board of directors and a board of advisors, and everybody does what they can. But um, I'm the one, you know, I'm, let's say, retired, and I have the capability of, I live here in Washington, and you know, I've been here for over 20 years. And so one of the, you know, just since starting this, I realized that I'm one, two, three steps away from people that actually have been in this, have been in the, the, the politic, politics game for quite a while. So, you know, I was asking their advice and bouncing things off and really um, doing a lot of things that um, I had never done before. And because I didn't, because I was naive and I had never done them before, I did things that other people don't do um, in a matter of course. So, you know, somebody, one of my board of advisors came up with this idea of uh, acknowledging the pro-family pro sentiments of these members of Congress, these 15, particularly the 15 that had got 100%. So with that seed idea, I, I drew up these certificates of appreciation and my, my sister who has good penmanship you know, made made a little thank you note, and I went up and knocked on the doors of these congressmen. Um, you know, completely not knowing what I was doing, <laughs> and I got a good reception, and I just kept going from there. Um, if you're here and you've got the time to knock on the doors of Congress, uh, the doors open and. You know they want to hear what the people what people are thinking what what they have to say, and I have the privilege of being here and you know about forty minutes away from Congress, um, and I can get up there and spend the spend the day knocking on doors. So that um, uh, in the in the course of my inter my interviews with the with the uh, with the staffs, I collected about 40, 50 cards of staff members, and that was the basis for my invitations to the Constitution of the Family. Um, and so we've, you know, we're developing a track record. We've got our third scorecard was put up on our website about a week ago. Uh, I'll be doing a, a uh, press release on that and I've got about 50 people now on my on my media list uh, just because I you know collect them one by one uh, so I'm hoping to get to get better known through that um, and we're coming up with some ideas on on how to do even more from the from the idea of educating the legislators, ed educating the staffers, the people who write the laws for the for the member, and then the member themselves, because uh, the the people, the twenty four members now of the of the Congressional Family Caucus, are looking for ideas, uh, ways to help the family, and um, so we're going to be helping them with our own ideas, um, which are gathering all the time. I mean, I'm I'm picking up new ideas all the time, I, you know, going to conferences here, and there's a lot of conferences here in Washington, 
on on these topics. Um, you know, I'm meeting people. God, I'm a complete uh, newbie as far as this whole thing goes. But in Washington here, there are specialists in all of these areas, uh, education, health, and uh, so many other issues. And actually just the, kind of reining in the administrative state, which is the big task that can be done on the federal level. There's a lot of people here who have little specialties on you know, particular ways of doing that. And that what I want to do is bring them together uh, and get them in front of the, the family caucus with really specific ideas, not just uh, kind of new ideas or untested ideas, but, but things that, that are really practical and that the, the, uh, the caucus can get behind. Of course, right now, they can write all the legislation they want, pass it in the House, but they won't be able to get they won't be able to get it through the Senate and certainly not signed by this president. But it gives us um, an inventory of issues and legislation that can be renewed because any anything they pass here uh, in this Congress, the 118th Congress, everything that's, that Congress, that the House passes expires if it's not approved by the Senate um, in in uh, in on December 31st, 2024. Uh, but we'll have this inventory of legislation that can immediately be reenacted in the House uh, with a new, with a new Congress and a new Senate and and the move forward. So hopefully in January 2024, we'll we'll have a House, a Senate and a president that is willing to look at at issues from the, the viewpoint of the family and and move through these very quickly so that we can we you know I, I hope that within the first year of a new administration we're going to see a significant changes and significant relief for the for families in the United States what are some of the main topics issues that you want to see change well Let's just start with one, uh, the, the Department of Education, which is the, basically it's a think tank for progressive ideas. So what people are discovering that, you know, the, the, the pornographic books that the second graders are, are encouraged to look at now, uh, this is not a, I mean, you see that it's, it's permeated quite a few of the public schools and quite a few of the, of the uh, school districts. Uh, and how did that happen? It de didn't happen by accident. The Department of Education is basically a progressive think tank on, that is out to destroy all traditional values. The family, religion, these are the big enemies of the progressive state. And a lot of that is coming through the Department of Education. So that, you know, people talk about the unconstitutionality of the, of the Department of Education. And I would agree with that, but I also see it as impractical to just go after, um, you know, getting rid of it altogether. I think that 
the the worst parts of it, the the ideology part of it, needs to be identified and eliminated, and then you can uh, add, you know, good stuff like to the um, to the Department of Education what they're what they're promoting. You can you can you can promote. Uh, a classical education, for instance, you know, going back and really looking at civics, really looking at our constitution in the grammar schools, explaining it correctly, getting rid of this division that uh, uh, is so popular these days of promoting uh, class differences or racial differences or whatever, um, getting back to the ideals of the founder. Other than that, you can also, um, one of the things that Professor Hamburger pointed out in his lecture that we had was that the, um, the combination of a state requiring a certain level of education for all of its uh, young people, and at the same time offering only one free option for education, which is government speech, is actually a, uh, a violation of the parents' First Amendment rights. And that, uh, and so he's trying to instigate a lawsuit uh, at, the, at the state level that would find the state Board of Education in violation of First Amendment rights of the uh, of the, the citizens of the state, the parents of the state, and um, and that it would be up to the legislature to remedy that problem, um, whether it's you know through school choice or uh, whatever whatever means they want to do it, it's up to them and the people because it would you know the, the people would be behind it because they want education for their children so. Um, it's a very well-reasoned new doctrine that he's proposing, um, and he lays it all out in a 60-page article in the January issue of the Texas Law Review, which I recommend everybody reading because um, it's quite uh, quite an eye-opener. So there's just there's kind of a, a list of things that could be done at the level of the of the uh, uh, Department of Education, in the Department of um, Health and Human Services, uh, the Congress, the House, is already anxious to eliminate all funding to Planned Parenthood, uh, which also includes, and Planned Parenthood gets into the Department of Education. They're the ones, they're the ones promoting this uh, uh, Transsexual ideology and all of this other thing, um, but in the house in the uh, Department of Health and Human Services, there's an opportunity to uh, get some funding for crisis pregnancy centers, for instance, because you know the Health and Human Services has been financing uh, contraceptions and abortion and abortion pills and pushing things, constantly pushing uh, anti-life uh, methods and propaganda. Uh, 
why not take some of the money from Health and Human Services and dedicate it to funding crisis pregnancy centers, helping women who don't want to have an abortion, uh, funding fatherhood programs. Fatherhood programs are such a, I mean, father, fatherlessness is such a problem. It started in the inner cities, but it's spread across the country. Um, we've got to help without fathers, we don't have families. And so we've got to help men, particularly young men, take on the responsibility of being fathers. And, um, you know, there's a lot in society that comes into play and encouraging young men not to be responsible fathers. But um, the federal government could be one of the forces that is promoting it, either, you know, kind of from a moral perspective or from, you know, particular, particular programs that that encourage it and show show young men how to do that. Uh, and there's plenty of programs out there uh, on fatherhood and uh, but they're they're well they're underfunded and um, you know perhaps they want to be privately funded. They don't want any interruption from the government. But that would be I mean you'd you'd want to provide money to those programs without any strings attached because strings attached the federal money is also uh, unconstitutional, uh, according to my uh, constitutional lawyer friends. So, um, uh, you know, unconditioned money to uh, pregnant, crisis pregnancy centers and to fatherhood programs would be another another way to help families. So, how optimistic are you that you'll be able to see change? Well, I'm getting old, so um, <laughs> how much change I see is uh, uh, is it, you know unknown right now. But I think with the establishment of the uh, family caucus, you have a permanent core within the within the, the House of Representatives that is going to put the rights of God first, the consideration for God's creation and obedience to God's creation um, as, as a principle um, of their, of their uh, you know, one of their first principles. I mean, the first, the Family Caucus uh, adopted our own, the American Family Project's uh, statement of principles, which begins that the family is ordained by God as the union of a man and a woman for their mutual benefit, procreation, education of their children. And then it goes on to, um, to state that the, the family is the basic cell of society and the family, the, the parents are the primary educators of their children. Um, and so this fits in with something, you know, one of the great minds of the 19th century was uh, Orestes Brownson, who looked at the Constitution as providential as really coming from the mind of God uh, through the founders and this is taken up it's a it's a, a theme that's that's uh, recognized by many commentators on the Constitution but uh, Brownson saw that the uh, that the uh, 
you know, the, we hear about the will of the people. Jeff Branson saw that the will of the people is most direct and authentic, is the most direct and authentic expression of the divine will that can be had or desired. And that the whole constitution, when it's, when it's properly respected and understood, is um, providential and that, that it, it supports family, place, tradition, and religion. One of our speakers, uh, Elliot Bartke from Sh Chicago, uh, was bringing up the thing of place. He was talking about place. And he mentioned that, you know, we give a tax credit when people move. But we're so divert, we so dispersed these days. Families get dispersed. About how about giving a tax credit for people who stay in place? And that's one of the things that I'd like to explore with the family caucus. Um, you know, getting into tax, um, into to, to you know tax incentives for staying where you are, or you know if child moves, uh, he stays within ten. 10 miles of where he grew up, he gets a tax credit, uh, things like that. I mean, I don't know, you just, things that, I'm just looking for ideas that um, are completely new because we've got to think, we've, we've really been inundated with, uh, with, a, with kind of a socialism that has creeped into our thinking. We're like the, you know, the frogs on the stove and in the, in the water and the water starts to boil. We've been in socialism within this boiling water for quite some time and without even realizing it. So we have to, uh, we have to change our frame of mind and start with, start looking at the Constitution. Well, before we look at the Constitution, we should look at the, the rights of God, who, who is the creator and set things up in a certain way. And the providential element that Brownson saw in the Constitution is that it is, if it's properly, properly interpreted, it can, it can direct us to this, um, this will of God, just to say, sorry. Sorry. Um, so that's, I mean, Orestes Browns is <laughs> completely correct. You know, he's, he's, he's brilliant. Uh, he's a little long-winded, his essays. He wrote a quarterly essay, so his, and he had a whole quarter, three months to write his essay, so <laughs> he would um, often write it very long. But um, uh, still distilled, he is just a, a fabulous uh, thinker. So. Which of the current presidential candidates do you think best represents the principles of the American Family Project? Well, that's a good question. And I don't think uh, any of them um, Certainly, Trump is no 
uh, poster boy for family values. But um, I think that he is the one who is most determined to break the, the administrative state. And in doing that, he would, that would be the, the biggest contribution to bringing governance back to the people, back to the family, back to tradition, um, and ready to respond to, to these things. Um, he's just, he is the, um, he's the bulldozer that this country needs right now to level the, the administrative state at the federal level. And then, you know, bring the, bring government governance closer to the people. Um, you know, a number of them, one of the candidates, uh, have those sentiments, but, um, you know, I think that, um, Trump with his experience of, you know, rent being rendered powerless by the, by the administrative state, something that he hadn't anticipated now has, uh, now has the experience and, uh, you know, knows what he's getting into the next time he steps into the presidential arena. Um, but outside of the, of that, there is a, uh, a movement here in Washington called Project 2025, which I recommend everybody look into. They have their own website. Uh, this is an effort that has been spearheaded by the Heritage Foundation. And uh, American Family Project is uh, a member of the, one of the 70 uh, not-for-profits that is participating in Project 2025. Um, which is the is to prepare the way for the next conservative uh, presidency. Uh, it doesn't have to be conservative; it's just the next next presidency. How to understand the different departments of the federal government uh, to staff to have they're they're looking to have ten thousand people. Uh, ready to take a place in the in the new administration. There's usually about 4,000 uh, executive, uh, uh, you know, positions within the federal government in this, the various agencies. Um, but, uh, you know, if we had 10,000, then you'd have the 4,000 plus people who are willing to be regular employees of the administrative state and begin to um, begin to turn that around from day one. Uh, because the two million employees of the administrative state almost invariably vote Democratic or, or let's say anti-family. They anti-family candidates, anti-family legislation. And, and in the, at their desks, they work hard to promote anti-family policies. Um, and that's, it, you know, Project 2025 is one of the big hopes that that would be turned around. Any stories of adversity that you've had to face and overcome? Um, 
I haven't been discovered by most of these radical groups. It's just a matter of time. Uh, and so, uh, you know, there hasn't been any personal uh, confrontation with anybody. Uh, one of the big, uh, the hardest thing is, you know, the, the smallness of my staff and, you know, we, we could be doing much more if I had the funding and could hire other people. Uh, because the, the ideas are, you know, now that we've got a head of steam, the ideas are endless. Uh, I've got more ideas or things that could be done than uh, people that carry them out and help me with them. Um, but that will all be rectified in time. So uh, I have great hopes. I, you know, things have fallen into place and I see it, you know, we talk about, I'm, I talk about a providential constitution. I think that um, I'm getting uh, some providential help in doing this. Things fall into place that are remarkable. You know, the ideas, I mean, I, I'm not a great idea guy, but ideas come to me all the time and that um, can be beneficial for the family. Uh, and so uh, I'm very, very optimistic about what's going to happen in the future, both for my organization, the American Family Project, and uh, what's going to happen through the uh, Congressional Family Caucus. Wonderful. Well, on that note of optimism, uh, I congratulate on what you're doing. And well, thanks very much. Wish you the best with that. Great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, my Bye. pleasure. Bye. Bye.